It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. What's up, everybody? It's D. Michaela B. Happy New Year. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's time for the Purple Pants Podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. And you ready for some structure? Okay, get it on ready. Get it on ready because we bring some structure to your life. This episode, how everybody been doing? Have you enjoyed your three day long weekend? I know I did. Okay, giving a salute to Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay, what, what he was talking about is still what we are talking about today, still what we are fighting for, still can apply very much today in 2021. It could seem discouraging to some that, you know, 50 years later, we're still fighting for equality, still fighting for freedom. However, for me, my glass is always half full. And I hope that in my lifetime, I we will be able to see equality and change, but it won't happen if we ignore, um, if we dismiss. It will happen if we speak up. It will happen if we talk about our experiences. It will happen if we talk about our truths. And so that's what I choose to do. And that's the life that I continue to live. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for my ancestors that have come before me. And I'm, I'm grateful and I'm hopeful that the future will be brighter. And that's on period, Pooh. I'm excited for this week's episode. If you guys could make sure you are subscribed to my podcast, Purple Pants Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever is that you get your podcasts from write a review give your baby boy some five stars tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend so this weekend you know I had an extra day and baby boy needed it okay first of all I need all the extra days um but I really just kind of hung out I watched some movies this weekend I watched One Night in Miami which I didn't know was directed by Regina King you know I stand for Regina King and it was really a great movie Cassius Clay Jim Brown Sam Cooke and Malcolm X first of all it just gave me chills watching a movie that this was an actual event that happened and just all of that greatness was in that hotel room on that night in Miami and it really explores um, those four black men and their responsibility in being successful black 
men during that time and during the civil rights movement um, and especially given now the state of our country just was really um, an uplifting and powerful movie um, I told Barb about it Barb was like oh my god it was so great and then um, Sabrina Sabrina Thompson Mitchell my survivor sister you know I was watching her Instagram and she was posting about the movie American Skin directed by Nate Parker and I had saw that that it was coming out and so it was on Amazon Prime and baby I had forked over the six dollars to watch it and again another really powerful movie um, regarding a black father who loses his son um, to police and kind of like his fight to take back justice and it's just really a crazy uh empowering movie just makes you think about you know the double standard in which that we face today so i was just really kind of just catching up on my movies and i you know had some epiphanies i've been taking my baths first of all y'all know i love a bath but i hate my bathtub in my house um where i used to live i had an amazing bathtub it was a crawfoot and i could just enjoy it um but i always am like i hate my bathtub so i've been really trying to uh take more baths even though i don't enjoy my bathtub i still have a bathtub so i have been trying to take you know bath every other day you know set the tone get my music right um and be up in my sudly and bubblies i love it um but what i realized when i take my baths i really have great like thought processes and it made me kind of reflect a little bit on going back to my recent podcast vulnerable and you know i shared some vulnerabilities with you guys i shared you know i'm just struggling a little bit with kind of just finding my what where and why purpose um and especially and i feel like being in a pandemic being working from home um single i feel like all of those kind of sort of add to the madness of that and while i was taking a bath the other day i really came to this conclusion that I feel like my life is lacking structure. And what I mean by structure is that, you know, uh, I'm not in love with my job, but, you know, it pays my bills. So I'm grateful for that. But and and just me f- trying to find motivation. And, you know, I, I used to go running all the time. I'm, I don't really have the interest to go running. And so I'm trying to get that back. And I really thought that I was like, you know what, Bryce, you are not giving yourself structure and when the world was open once upon a time and I'm working my four or five jobs and I've got this and that what I was failing to realize was that my life in itself was giving me structure like I had to get up, had to get dressed, I had to go to work. At work, there was a set of structure that I had to live by. Then I had to leave my one job, go to my other job, you know, do like do that, then get home. And, and I was just thinking like, wow, I, I really don't have structure. I set my alarm clock. If I have to be to work at or supposed to be logged in at 830, my alarm clock is for 825. And so this past week, I really was focusing on writing out my day. Now, I know that might sound kind of cray cray. Like, what do you mean writing out your day? But I really started to write out a structure for myself. And it's like, and I know this might sound crazy, but for me, you know, I'm like, let me try to do this. And so, I mean, I was very detailed um, in the sense of like, okay, let me stop getting up at 825. Let me actually get up at maybe eight o'clock. Get up, make your coffee, do your workout, 
brush your hair, brush your teeth, get dressed. And that was a big one for me um, because working from home, I just roll out of bed and am sitting in front of my computer and in, in my nighty clothes and staying in my nighty clothes all day. And I realized that, you know, getting dressed really can, it does something for me. And so I had been trying this out last week and I, I really did notice a difference in my productivity and my mood and just like you know my overall mental health being in a better place and so I really this week um, when I was in the bathtub I'm like you know what I need to kick it up a notch and add more to this structure that I want to give myself uh, because I think that I was lacking that and I was even having a conversation with Wendeezy about it the other day and he was like telling me what his structure of his mornings look like and he feels like without that he somewhat feels lost and I'm like wow that's you know something that I didn't think about necessarily I am you know always on the go and I've always got things to do but I'm not necessarily giving myself the structure of the day to day the this and that um, and I, I really think that that plays a role in some of the things and so I'm trying to build upon that and you know I'm on a road to a better Bryce and I, I'm learning and you know figuring this thing out and I was like you know what let me share this with the posse because I'm being so open about when I'm not feeling great but let me share about some of the things and techniques that I'm using because you know we go together so let me know Purple Pants Posse what type of structure you put into your own personal life to help you stay focused on the goals and your task and just literally getting through the day. So I just figured I'd drop that on by. But I'm super excited for this week's episode. So let me give you the rundown. We've got the church announcements on the menu this week. Big Bay, Prodigal Son is back. So I'm giving you all the tea on Prodigal Son. We've got Purple Pants Picks, Advice with Bryce, and Freak of the Week. So now you got the structure of this episode. Let's get into the church announcements. On this week's church announcements, I've got two church announcements I want to talk about. The first church announcements are I just want to give my condolences to the family of Cassandra Jackis. You may remember her from season 10 of Survivor Palau. Well, she recently lost her battle to cancer uh, January 8th. And I know last November it was revealed that she had a, a very rare form of cancer. So I'm just sad to report that we lost another sister. Um, and I just want my thoughts and prayer to be with her family. Also, I want to send my thoughts and prayers to the Pinner family. You know, Jonathan Pinner and his wife, Stacy Pinner. Um, she lost her battle to A. LS and passed on January 11th. We know that they've been very vocal in the survivor community about raising awareness and raising funds for ALS. And I just want to send my thoughts and my prayers to the Penner family. I has to be such a, a horrible loss. And I just want to send my condolences to both the Penner and the Jackis family. 
Hey, Purple Pants Podcast. It's the team from Escaping Reality, the podcast where four friends watch and analyze reality competition shows to distract from the world outside our window for a brief moment in time. We have been watching and discussing Survivor season by season until we get through all 40. We dive deep into conversations about strategy, diversity, production, and so much more. As a follow-up to our episode about Survivor Kageon, Bryce joined us to chat about his time on the show and what he's been up to since then. As members of the Purple Pants Posse, we think you'll love this episode. Our episode with him comes out on January 20th, so be sure to listen on Apple or Spotify. Make sure to subscribe if you like what you hear and follow us on Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod for even more fun. Big thanks again to Bryce for escaping reality with us. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. And keeping the mingu rolling, I feel like I've been waiting a year and a half, even though I really ain't been there long. It's been maybe like six months um, to talk about the Prodigal Son. Yes. So those of you that are new to the podcast, those of you that are new, ain't really get up on it. Chronicle Sun is a show I discovered that comes on Fox 9 p.m. on Monday nights. And it is really a rather interesting, weird show. It's a crime show. It follows Malcolm Whitley, who is a profiler of the NYPD. Malcolm is a young man who is wealthy. His father, Martin Whitley, used to be a surgeon. They come from a long line of money but his daddy Martin Whitley was also the surgeon serial killer and when it came out that Martin Whitley was a surgeon serial killer the family was in shambles we know the mother Jessica Whitley who is one of my favorite characters she had to like you know rebuild her life Malcolm's got a sister named Ainsley Whitley who struggles to find her place in the family and now her sister is a reporter so that's like the main characters so we know listen we get right up into it because I don't got time okay so listen you don't know Chronicle Sun 9pm Monday nights go do your research get caught up but the season finale ended first season with Ainsley the goody two shoe sister kind of struggling to find her place killing the father's accomplice okay that's how the season ended period so we all were like oh <gasps> clutching our pearls like what's going on not Ainsley so I watched the first episode of season two and I'm gonna be honest purple pants posse I was indifferent I was like do I like this we're not so I was really unsure if whether or not I was feeling the new season after watching it when it aired and so you know Barb watches the Prodigal Son so a couple of days later me and Barb were talking and I'm like oh yeah I forgot to talk to you about Prodigal Son and my mom just thought it was so good and I was like really girl like I didn't really think it was so good and so my mom had pointed out a lot of these key things that I felt like maybe I might have missed in the excitement of the episode so I was like alright girl I'm gonna rewatch it so then every day since we've talked the original Barb's been like did you rewatch it did you watch it so I just rewatched the first episode and there were some things that I picked up on that I did not originally pick up on. I don't know why I didn't pick up on these things. However, it still leads me to like, if I'm going to judge this first episode from like a one to a 10, I'm probably leaning in on like a six point five or a seven just because I felt like the first episode, the first season 
was so delicious. But I'm still hanging in there. I'm still rocking out because there were a lot of things that we kind of like discovered this episode. And I feel like the writers of the show, the director, they might want to like slow walk us a little bit because anybody that watched Chronicle Sun last season, it was a lot. Every episode, it was something. And don't get me wrong on this episode. It was a lot. So the episode starts off with Malcolm being crazy ass Malcolm, as always, doing extra shit. So it starts off where there is a penthouse slasher and Malcolm is standing on the edge of a building. First of all, I'm like, what in the hell is you doing on the edge of this building, Malcolm? And it's this guy who looks like he might be getting ready to jump off the bridge. Then Malcolm starts profiling him and Malcolm's like, says the guy's name. He's like, how do you know who I am? Malcolm's like, I profiled you, okay? I figured you was a slasher and I figured you'd be here tonight. Child, the slasher pull out a knife, start coming at baby boy. He almost falls off the edge of the balcony. Malcolm catches it and we get to see our people, Detective Danny and Detective JT and Arisa, who is the um, the coroner, which I don't know why she helping out on the case. Girl, shouldn't she be in the coroner's office? Anyway, the guy doesn't die, but in the middle of Malcolm almost falling off of the balcony, holding the guy's hand as he's dangling, the phone rings and guess who it is, okay? It's none other than Martin Whitley like, my boy, hello, my boy, how of you i haven't talked to you in months and malcolm's like i'm i'm kind of busy dad i'm kind of busy and so the dad's like i'm coming home and we all like "Ooh, coming home but then the dad's like no i'm not coming home i'm going back to claremont and malcolm's like why are you going back to claremont now mind you all of this is happening while malcolm is tied to a radiator almost hanging off of a building holding somebody's hand who's dangling off like at least 50 feet up in the air so then the dad is like you know the the place that he was at or he was sent to due to covid Okay, I like the real life themes that Fox is trying to weave in that, you know, the COVID outbreak, they're moving him back to Claremont. So from that little bit of scene, we have learned. Well, I'm going to just tell you the tea that I have learned. So we know that Danny, the detective, Malcolm and Danny last season were having not a love affair, but there were romantic vibes. They don't touch on any of the romantic vibes this episode, which maybe was why I was like, okay, (laughs) I want to know what's going on with Malcolm and Danny. The other detective, JT, we learned that he has been promoted to acting head of criminal crimes. Now, we know that Lieutenant A-Roy is normally in that place. So I'm like, well, where the hell is Gail? I think it's Gail A-Roy. Well, if you guys watched last season, you know that the person that Ainsley killed, who Jessica Whitley was like dating for information, um, he went in to protect Jessica, Lieutenant A-Roy, and got shot. So he in rehab. So JT is now the active head of crimes, period. I'm like, yes, come on. Give a brother acting head of major crimes. I'm like, yes, JT. Even though JT is a little bland, um, he about action, but he not really in front of the camera scene. So we see Malcolm still is having his nightmares, okay? He's waking up in the middle of the night, still got his mouth guard on, still tied to the bed, freaky boy. And we're learning that these um, nightmares that he is now having, we know last season the nightmares was all about the girl in the box. Now these nightmares seem to be about the killing of Ainsley. And we really don't know what happened because clearly we see Ainsley in this episode. She's still out being a reporter. We see Malcolm is still out being a profile for the NYPD. And we see his mom, Jessica, is just living her best life. Now, some of the things that we do learn um, as the episode goes on because there's a new killer with this guy in the guillotine and they're trying to figure that murder out. Now, mind you, I'm not going to focus too much on the guillotine 
murder because I like, you know, for some people that have not watched it, go ahead and help figure out that case. Now, what I'm really breaking down on this episode is really figuring out where the hell everybody been, what the hell they been up to, okay? But, you know, I'll give you little tidbits here. There's a guillotine. A lady was killed. Millie was killed guillotine style. And they're trying to figure this out. And of course, Malcolm being baby boy that he is and collects murder weapons and knows about like 1900, you know, he's like, oh, well, the, the last working one is, uh, you know, was in Pennsylvania somewhere. And they're like, oh, well, maybe we could track it down. And of course, Malcolm like, well, the only person that I know who would know about stuff like that, <laughs> I'll let y'all wait for it. Guess who? Okay, his daddy. Child, his dad know everything about everything. So, Malcolm goes to see his dad, Martin, at Claremont. And we see that Martin is in the same cell that he used to be in. However, he got a roommate. He got a cray-cray roommate, okay, that like to watch Looney Tunes all the time and be like, ah! screaming and we could tell you know martin ain't with that so we then learn as malcolm is there trying to get information from his dad and his dad's like you know what i mean i i don't know if i could tell you that information son and malcolm is like well why not he's like i'm just not feeling the vibe but just not feeling the vibe and the dad is more concerned about malcolm and he's like we're partners then we get another flashback okay oh wait wait baby so let me also tell y'all this hold on because listen y'all know i'll be all over the place with my recaps so just go with me just go with me before i tell you the tea that we learned when malcolm went to see his dad let me tell you the tea that we learned from the first time Malcolm went saw Ainsley. So after Malcolm was hanging off of the cliff with that guy, they go back to the office and his sister is a reporter. So she's trying to get the news. And so she's like interviewing JT, but JT is about as dry as a rock. So Ainsley, then we see the first interaction between Ainsley and Malcolm. And Ainsley's just like, I'm really concerned about you. And in my head, I'm like, bitch, I'm really concerned about you. You just killed a guy last season and you still out here being a reporter. That's just me in my head. So, Malcolm has a flashback to the night that Ainsley killed that guy and Ainsley is covered in blood and Ainsley is like what happened why is he covered in blood why is why like you know and Malcolm steps in and says I did it Ooh. so we learn that Malcolm has taken the fall for Ainsley but for real girl if Malcolm did it why you covered in blood and he not covered in blood but okay that's another story for another day so forgot to tell y'all that now when Malcolm goes to see his daddy Martin Whitley we learn when Malcolm is trying to abstract information from him about this guillotine about the guy who where where he can get the guillotine from first of all Malcolm daddy Martin been in jail for about 10 years how he still know all of this stuff okay but again another story for another day so Malcolm like uh um, I need the information. The daddy. I don't know why I like calling Martin the daddy. <laughs> so anytime I say the daddy, I'm talking about Martin Whitley, the surgeon serial killer. Okay. So let's just do a test. Purple Pants Posse, who I mean when I say the daddy. Okay, y'all got it. Good, 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 good. Okay, so the daddy is like, I'm not feeling the love. I'm not feeling the love. And he's like, we were partners. And so when the daddy, hold on, I ain't say it right. Hold on. <clears throat> when the daddy say we were partners, I'm like, what he mean? Then Malcolm has another flashback. And we learn that the guy that Ainsley killed last season, who Malcolm called the daddy. And the daddy is walking Malcolm through how to get rid of a body. Baby! 
to daddy, like the daddy, like the son. So I'm like, ooh, so that's T. Now we also know that the daddy is crazy. And at any given time, the daddy could use this information against Malcolm. So we, I'm like, mm, that's interesting. So then after they get the information about the guillotine, Malcolm and Danny, you know, his love interest, but they ain't showing no love this episode. Um, They go to this rich guy's house where he has a guillotine in his basement. Why? <laughs> okay, let's just start there. Why do you have an active working guillotine in your basement? Okay, another subject for another day that we'll have to get to at another time. So, they're like asking the guy, where have you been? He's like, oh, I was at a party. He's like, a, he reminds me of the guy's house who owns the guillotine. Reminds me of like a young Ozzy Osbourne. That type. So, he shows them the guillotine in the basement. And again, I ask, why do you have a guillotine in your basement? But, okay. <laughs> I just... You know, like, why? So they show him the guillotine. Um, the guy was saying that he was at a party last or, or over the weekend, so he wasn't there. So he goes, I, I, I think he can't figure out how to turn the lights on with something, or I might have been getting a snack. I can't remember where the guy goes, but he goes to get them some information. And um, Malcolm and JT and Danny looking at the guillotine, and Malcolm has a, like, radar gun or something. It's kind of like the black light. And when the lights go off, they can see that the guillotine has blood all over it, so we know that this is the guillotine that killed Millie. So when the guy comes back, he's like, what's that? And Malcolm's like, blood. So then they hear like a Okay, what the hell? So they like, where's that? And Malcolm's like, well, what's below us? And the guy's like, oh, my sex dungeon. Ooh, why you got a guillotine in a sex dungeon? This guy just trying to be the freak of the week. So they're like, well, we hear something. Now, mind you, things that also go on in my head. This guy, Ozzy Osbourne type of guy. Bitch, you, okay, you just came back from wherever you was at. You ain't hear this guy in your basement chained to the wall? Like, why does it wait until Malcolm and Danny come that you hear it? Anyway, they get to the basement. It seems to be a boarded up wall, a brick wall, and they like... There's somebody down here. And so I guess in the olden days, the olden times, like killing by a guillotine is one of the way to kill somebody. And then another way to kill somebody in this like olden age is like <laughs> you lock them up somewhere and you just let them die. I don't know what that's called, but that's what this killer is doing to this person. So they Malcolm break the wall. They see it is um, this carpenter guy that is suspected of killing Millie's husband. So Malcolm jump up in there and the guy's chained to the wall, but the chains kind of like can come out a little bit. So he kind of like startles Malcolm. Malcolm falls to the ground. Malcolm tells Danny and Ozzy Osbourne, he's like, go get some water and go call help. Now, the difference in Malcolm this season is that before I get into what happened down there is last season, there was a sense that Malcolm, he was having these nightmares about the girl in the box, having these nightmares about like, you know, why he would get so aroused about about being killing like it was almost as if like he was fighting the fact that his dad's blood was in him you know and this season and maybe this is the reason why i'm not so loving malcolm i mean don't get me wrong i still love malcolm malcolm my baby boy but this season malcolm seems to be more on the side of giving in to those aggression urges like how he was on the balcony with that guy he welcomed it like as if he was gonna kill the guy does the same thing with this carpenter guy that's chained up to the wall like really gets to the point where he is almost like we don't know what's going to happen however he gets the carpenter guy to confess to something and for those of y'all that watched it you know what he confessed to for those of y'all that didn't watch it 
you could watch it and um figure out what he confessed to because I don't want to spoil it. I'm just breaking down the character lines of where the people's at. So as he's getting the guy to confess, JT's back and it's like, Malcolm! Because he's literally almost about to kill the guy. And so, you know, we get this information. Also, Malcolm's mom calls him, you know, my girl Jessica Whitley. Now, let me give you the tea on Jessica Whitley. Now, Jessica Whitley is concerned about Malcolm because JT has told, like, Lieutenant A. Roy that she's concerned about him. You know, Ainsley's concerned about him. So, you know, they, they call the mama and the mom's like, you know, Malcolm, I'm, I'm concerned. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, so Malcolm's like, I'm fine, mom. Now, the tea on Jessica is last season, we learned that her and Lieutenant A. Roy were friendly little too friendly over the years. And so that must be like, you know, Jessica's little boo thing. So Danny throughout the episode goes to see Lieutenant A-Roy in the physical therapy. Now she is wanting Lieutenant A-Roy to get well, get better. The first time that she sees him, the second time she sees him is after they have kind of figured out who the killer is. And now they have set this plan up to try to get the killer to come out. Now, she goes to see Lieutenant A-Roy and is just telling him, like, I'm not sure about this plan. And he's like, it's actually a good plan. And for me, the vibes that I got from Danny and Lieutenant A-Roy were almost like lover vibes a little a little bit now it could have been like you know lieutenant a roy is her mentor and she really cares about him or it could have been like jealous lover kind of vibes i don't know but that's just what i got if any of y'all got that let me know because you know sometimes i'd be crazy but she then starts talking about malcolm's mom jessica and she's like you know lieutenant a roy i learned everything from you you always were sharp but the night that you got shot up you weren't on your A-game. And I believe you weren't on your A-game because of Jessica Whitley. And, you know, she is, like, putting blinders up. And I don't really know if it's great for you to be with her. He like, we can't really trust her. You know, you know the family that she come from. You know who Malcolm did is. You know? And so as she is saying to this, Jessica Whitley is coming up to the uh, the physical therapy looking cute. And she hears all of this. And she kind of sort of feels some type of way about it. So she doesn't say anything. She just kind of sort of walks away. But that's an interesting storyline that we need to stay focused on because obviously Jessica has no shame in her game now seeing Lieutenant A-Roy. And now we know that JT ain't a fan of hers. But what I'm trying to figure out is, are you not a fan of her because you feel like she possibly could hurt Lieutenant A-Roy? Or are you not a fan of her because you are in love with Lieutenant A-Roy? Because my thing is, JT, last season, you was all over Malcolm, okay? Don't play with my baby daddy, Malcolm, okay? So anyway... Back to the the other good storyline that we have. So, they set this trap for the possible killer. Of course, Malcolm goes home. He's on the phone with Danny like I haven't heard anything. And guess who's at Malcolm's house? The killer. He at Malcolm's house. And Malcolm and him are talking. Now, you know Malcolm because he's crazy. He got all of these 1800, 1950s weapons in his house because he likes to collect them. Because, you know, he got that J like his daddy. Him and the killer start fighting. Malcolm's like, I never hung up the phone, just so you know. So the police will be here any minute. So him and the killer are going at it, but it's not even a fair fight because baby boy been hitting the gym because Malcolm is tearing this guy up. Boop, 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 pop, pop, boop, 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 pop, 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 pop. Malcolm is tearing him up. I mean, it's almost turning me on a little bit. I'm just like, ooh, Malcolm. Anyway, right as Malcolm, what seems to be almost going to kill the guy and enjoy it, Danny comes in with the police and they're like, drop the weapon. And Malcolm's like, he doesn't have a weapon. And Danny like, bitch, I'm talking to you. Now, 
Let's also talk about what happened outside, which when I was saying about how I like the fact that in Chronicle Sun, they are bringing to light like storylines that are actually that r- real things that affect in the real world. So also we, we heard the daddy talk about why he got moved back to Claremont because of COVID. Now, we know JT is the acting head of major crimes right now. JT is a man of color. He's a a big boy. And so when they get outside of Malcolm's house, Danny and like the backup police go upstairs. JT is like, I'll wait for the other people to come. So he's waiting outside and the other police come and the other police are like, put your hands up. And JT like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a police officer. Like, I'm actually the acting head of major crimes. And, hmm. So we get to actually see on the show police brutality of men of color. And JT is actually the acting head of crimes. Okay. And he is standing outside where he has deployed his people. And these other cops come and they see a black man outside and they automatically accuse him of being the suspect. The guy gets up in his face um, and to the point where JT kind of like punches him and then it gets into this big scuffle and then Malcolm and Danny come and they're like wait 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 he he's our lieutenant what are y'all talking about hmm child and piss me off for real so essentially that was the episode then they are back at the office and JT is really concerned that no one's going to take his side and that he was in the wrong and then Lieutenant A-Roy popped back up in the office and he like listen JT I got your back no matter what go home kiss your wife and we gonna handle this Okay. Essentially, that's the episode. So, when I first watched it, Purple Pants Posse wasn't that into it. However, I'd have to admit, the second time that I watched it, I was kind of sort of surprised at a lot of the the real-life mirrorizations of the real world and, like, this TV show. And what I found more interesting, and I guess this is what I have to remember, was I wasn't really that into, like, the murder that was going on in the episode. For me, it was figuring out where the hell everybody had been at. And it's like they tell you the story story but they don't tell it how i want it to be told you got to pick up on these little notes of what's happening you know of malcolm's flashbacks of jessica whitley going to see lieutenant avery like so that is what i realized i was like oh that's the juicy part for me so hope you enjoyed this recap let me know if you guys watched prodigal son let me know if y'all enjoyed it let me know what you think monday nights fox 9 p.m get into it it's a purple pants pick, it's a purple pants pick. If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick, yeah. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast. That is right. We are at Purple Pants Pick. You pick I say every Saturday to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah. I will post a photo that says drop your topic or question and it's the chance you the listener of the purple pants podcast to steer the conversation you want to hear my thoughts my unfiltered opinions on anything just drop your question or topic in the box and your baby boy got you audrey what we got for the first purple pants pick the first purple pants picks is from jesse shim way and they're asking any beard growing tips my brother has been struggling with his for years. Well, what a great purple pants pick. You know, your baby boy has a nice 
full, luxurious beard. So a couple of tips that I have is that I think it's important to brush your beard on a daily basis, multiple times a day. Um, sometimes I struggle with this a little bit because I don't be brushing my beard how often that I should. So sometimes my beard looks a little strangly and Wendell's always like, brush your beard. Um, another good thing is to make sure that you are moisturizing your beard on a daily Bases. Um, my sister, she makes me a beard oil and I love it because I get to pick the flavors. Um, so right now I have a lemon mango beard oil that I use and my sister mixes uh, essential oils and vitamin E. Vitamin E is really important uh, for your beard oil. And, you know, you want to make sure that you lather your beard. You make sure that you're getting the skin underneath your beard. Uh, and, you know, you want to just make sure your beard sucks it in. Um, and that you brush your beard every day. For me, I not necessarily love having a beard. Don't get me wrong. I make your baby boy look sexy. Um, a lot of the times I, growing up, I didn't really want a beard. I like just having like a little goatee, but men of color like myself, we have this issue with ingrown hairs. Our natural hair is a kinky hair and curly. So if I don't wear a beard out, you'll see, you'll see a lot of men of color that have like bumps on their face. And that's literally like ingrown hairs And me, I don't play So when I do wear a clean shaven face I pluck those ingrown hairs Which sometimes can be annoying uh, To just have to continue to like pluck them So you don't get those bumps So that's the the real reason why I wear a beard Um, I know that rosemary oil Peppermint oil um, Vitamin E and tea treat Are good oils that you can buy Essential oils And if you're buying essential oils Make sure that you buy the ones that are like 100% essential oils and then they come in glass bottles. That's how you know you're getting the real stuff. Because anything that's in a plastic bottle, nine times out of ten, it's going to have chemicals and stuff that you don't really need. So if you get you a nice little mixture or tell your brother to get a nice little mixture of rosemary oil, peppermint oil, vitamin E, tea tree, um, mix that together and apply that to your face every day, brush your hair, brush your beard, I think can really help to grow. You can get a, a hair and nail vitamin. And some people takes a lot longer. So you just have to tell your brother to be patient. He might have to go through that patchy stage. But if he continues with his regular, you know, routine of getting his face uh, together, brushing his hair, I think that he could be successful. But you just have to tell him it's not an overnight process. It's something that's going to take a while and he's got to be committed to it. But that was a great one. Audge, what's the next purple pants pick? Derek Derome1193 is asking, are you going to get Discovery Plus? Now, you know, your baby boy is on a limited budget. Okay, I, child, I don't got another. Well, how much is this? $4.99. Now, I might do the seven day trial. Um, I looked it up and I see that it has like the channels of HGTV, the Food Network, TLC, the ID channel on A&E, um, History Channel, a lot of channels that I do watch, but baby, I just don't know if it's in the budget. However, a long time ago, not even a long time ago, a couple of months ago, I really said that I wanted to pull the plug on cable because I my cable bill for my house and it's literally just me my cable and my internet it's literally like $250 a month so in actuality this really could be a good 
avenue considering it's only seven dollars a month and i'm willing to pay up to like fifty dollars a month for tv so it actually could be something in my regiment to have like netflix hulu amazon prime and this so it's something that i i should actually look into because i've been saying for a while that i'm so tired of paying this expensive cable bill for half of the shows i don't even watch so i as of now Probably not, but I definitely did write this on a list of things because uh, a while ago I asked you guys, what do you guys use? And you guys gave me so many helpful hints. And so I just added Discovery Plus to that list because I just have to do the math and, you know, get some structure in my life and, and really kind of make that decision to cut cable because cable is too expensive. And I really feel like in a couple of years, cable is going to be obsolete with all of these streaming programs. But again, let me know what y'all use in replace of cable. See, my issue is I need the DVR. I need to be able to DVR the shows that I like to watch so that in the event that I can't watch them when they come on, I can watch them at my leisure. So that's just me. What y'all doing? What's the next purple? pants pick john john rules is asking what do you do to celebrate mlk great question john john for me as a black man in america i celebrate mlk every day okay i like to think that i want to be a living breathing example of what dr martin luther king was fighting for but here we are 50 years later and you listen to his i have a dream speech and we are still right where he was at um but for me i always try to do a day of service some way somehow um in my own community so what i actually did this monday was i cleaned out some of my closets because i have so much clothes and this quarantine has really shown me baby i wear the same clothes all the time so i got together about four or five big bags and i took them to the goodwill which there's one right near my house sometimes i don't really like taking it to the goodwill because i feel like it gets lost um however then i drove downtown to this homeless shelter called sunday's breakfast and i went to give clothes to them but they were saying that due to covid they're not taking donations uh which was kind of confusing to me i understand it but you can let these clothes sit (laughs) for three days and then give it out um but actually on my way home from sunday's breakfast it's on spring garden street in philadelphia any of you guys that are familiar um and on like spring garden street like if you drive down like 12 or 13th street it's kind of a row of homeless people so i actually literally i pulled up to like maybe two people i was like do y'all need anything and i literally just i had a bag left that i was going to drop off i dropped it out there and they seemed to be very grateful so i just you know did my little part um yeah that's what i did let me know what you guys did uh on your day for martin luther king day what is the next purple pants pick lil underscore girl underscore ocean underscore is asking Did y'all have to use the restroom in the forest or did you have a toilet? Hey, Lil underscore Lil underscore girl underscore ocean. Hey. Um, So there were we did not have access to a bathroom. I was on the show called Survivor. So, yeah, no, we actually you could go in the forest um, if you needed to go. Uh, but the most sanitizing or sanitary way to use the bathroom was to actually go into the ocean um, to go pee. Um, and if you had to do a number two, we called it aqua dumping. Uh, sometimes in the middle of the night. I don't know if I 
can't remember if I've ever told this story, but in the middle of the night, if you had to go to the bathroom, it's pitch black. And so we have like a med box where it was like a clear path that we, they would keep if anybody had to take medication or if there were like, you got a cut or something, they would keep Neosporin there. Baby, a couple of times when I was out there for them 11 days, baby, I shot, I peed near the, uh, the med box. And it would always be so funny because we would wake up in the morning and sometimes the aroma of pee, somebody would be like, somebody's peeing near the med box. And I would be like, that is nasty. Whoever is doing that needs to stop it, LJ or Jeremiah. Really, it was me. But listen, cause I wasn't walking down to the ocean in the middle of the night. And I was not going into the woods in the middle of the night. I just followed that clear little path near the med box and I went, but shh, don't tell nobody. What's the next purple pants pick? Jules.Wilcox416 is asking, would love to hear about your running routine. Hey, Jules. Um, so I'll be honest. My running routine is, whew, it is <laughs> me trying to just get back to getting a running routine. I think with COVID really has just discouraged my love of running. And for me, I like to run for exercise and me running is a form of therapy. Um, and when I back when the world was open and I was working my four or five jobs, I would always be like, when I get home, I'm going to go run. It was sort of a release for me. I'm finding it difficult to kind of get into the routine of running being as though I'm home working from home. But over the last like two weeks, I've been making a goal to myself that like you know at least two times three times a week i'm going to get out i'm going to go running and any runners out there that that are listening you know what it's like when you've taken a break and you are getting back out there so i'm trying to not be hard on myself because my first run like two weeks ago whoo bay bang Listen, I didn't even run a quarter of what I thought I was going to run, but I still was very proud of myself for like, listen, baby boy, you got out there, you did it. Then the next time I ran, I was able to run a little farther. It was a little easier. And each time that I run, it is getting a lot better. So my normal running routine is I try to run like every other day. And I'm not one of those runners that like try to beat their time or their distance. I literally get out and I run. Um, I don't set a, I don't set necessarily a distance. I'll go to a specific place and then I'll go. And I really will just kind of listen to my body. Cause for me, running is great exercise, but it's also just a way for me to like clear my mind. It's also a way for me to like release anxiety, stress. I'm able to just talk to myself. So that's really, uh, what is important for me in regarding to running. But I think that you need to set a, a schedule. Like, you know what? I'm going to go this day. I'm going to go this day. And you got to really keep on it and don't beat yourself up. If you are trying to go for time or for distance, just allow yourself to get back into the, the zhuzh of running. And that's really where I am right now. Like last week I ran two times a week um, or tw- two times last, last week I ran twice. And so this week my goal is to at least run two times and try to get to three times but I'm, I'm being very gentle with myself because I realize that I'm, I'm slowly getting back and sometimes I hold myself to where I was at at the peak of my running when I was running almost every day and I'm like baby boy you need to get like but I'm like you know what 
I'm getting structure in my life and I'm I'm loving myself like I would love someone else and I'm just giving myself compassion and I'm actually cheering myself on the fact that I and congratulating myself the fact that I actually got out there to go running so that's really kind of where I'm at on my journey of running I'm just really trying to I'm dating running again I'm trying to fall back in love with it but let me know what you guys are at and what your activity level with running is at and how do you guys get back into running after you've taken a slight hiatus from it I'd love to hear alright Arch what's the next purple pants pick the one and only Sarah is asking have you heard about the Soho Karen story Yes, uh, the one and only Sarah I have. And I'm, if you guys haven't, let me give you a little tea. So there is a legendary, uh, I believe he is a jazz, uh, trumpet player, Keon Harold. And he was in New York, uh, for the holidays with his 14 year old son, Keon Harold Jr. And they were staying at the Arlo Hotel, I believe in Soho. And, uh, Keon and his son were getting off the elevator coming down for breakfast and a young lady who allegedly lost her cell phone um, saw Keon Harold Jr. with a cell phone and accused him of that he had her cell phone and was actually very aggressive with it. She got the manager involved. The manager was approaching Keon and his son saying just asking them to show proof that it was his phone the lady was very um agitated and shout out to keon harold the way that he handled it like no my son does not have to prove to you that this is his phone i'm his father and so as they were walking away she got agitated she literally attacked the 14 year old jumped on him to the ground shout out to the dad because the dad batted her off as he should protecting his child um and it was this whole big internet uh, sensation two weeks ago come to find out that Soho Karen left her phone in an Uber and it was returned to her a couple of days later and there was a petition online uh, because she should be arrested for assaulting a 14 year old and the way that the Arlo Hotel handled it was very poorly in my opinion the manager who seemed to be on the side of the young lady who was um a white lady she actually might not have been white but she appeared to be uh caucasian and obviously this 14 year old black male who he might be tall but he's only 14 and it really just kind of hit home for me because my godson peyton who's only 12 who happens to be 6'4 like you know y'all might see a tall black man but still just a child and the way that the hotel manager was asking questions to Keon and his son one Keon and his son were patrons of the hotel they were currently staying at the hotel Soho Karen stayed at the hotel like a week ago so she wasn't even a patron to the hotel okay and one if you work in the hotel industry you know I have a part time job I work at a hotel Uh, your, your one and only job is to keep your hotel guests safe. And so the way that the, the hotel manager was saying that he was trying to de-escalate the situation. But in actuality, he was empowering the Soho Karen um, in her behavior. And just, again, this America that we live in where there seems to be a double standard for uh, black people. That we, if we're walking down in a hotel and someone loses their cell phone. So they see a young black male with a, a cell phone and it automatically has to be. Uh, 
hers and he has to prove himself that it's his cell phone like no baby we don't have to do that that ain't how that works and so I was actually really really happy to learn that I'm not sure if it's like the New York district attorney but they filed charges then the issue was we couldn't find her no one knew where she was at and that was another thing that was wondering me if New York has pressed charges why is the hotel not giving up the information however they found her she was in California she did an interview with Gail and was disrespectful to Gail any of you all saw that video where she was like ah, ah, enough but she was arrested and then later bailed out but just another common case of being black in America um and you know even doesn't matter the age and I just my thoughts and prayers go out to to Keon and his son and I know uh the son's mother posted on her Instagram just talking about the traumatic events for her son and what it's been like for him and how he's been struggling um so I really hope that everything is well with Keon's son and that he really understand that he did nothing wrong in this situation and that you know sometimes in life we have to deal with unfair things but it does not make it right and I, I hope that he heals from this situation um, let me know if you guys have heard of this Soho Karen what is the next or what's the final purple pants pick Audrey Travis underscore the BX would love to hear your thoughts on some of the terrorists that stormed our capital getting served organic food and being released on house arrest. Whew. Okay, Purple Pants Posse. I see y'all saving the, the good picks for the last uh, couple of ones. It just infuriates me uh, the fact that there is a double standard in this country. A double standard. Um, we have mass incarceration throughout this country of our black and brown people. We hear about the treatments of what it's like to be in jail. We in prison, the, the food that they get served and nothing gets done about it. And, you know, it's just a for profit for prison. And here we have these domestic terrorists that storm our capital. Um, commit treason, kill police, and they refuse to eat the food that is served. And the mom goes on and says her son only eats organic food. And here we have a judge that orders that he gets organic food. I'm just like, huh? What? When? Where? and Why? Now, I can understand if we are saying he doesn't eat certain foods for religious reasons. I'm fine. But he doesn't eat or, or like, mm, 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 mm. When I say that there are two Americas, there are two Americas. When I say that there is white privilege, there is white privilege. And I, I always get people say like, oh, that's not true, baby. It is true. Let's just call a thing a thing. Then we've got the other in, in, insurgent that broke into, I believe it was Nancy Pelosi's. I can't remember if it's the one that put his foot on the desk of Nancy Pelosi and wrote her the letter or it was the one carrying the Confederate flag through the Capitol. They were found well they were let go because we know that the police let the insurgents just go. We know that if they were black and brown people they wouldn't have let them go but whatever let them go free go home do what you need to do and then they get arrested and he is allowed to be placed on house arrest on house arrest Baby, what? 
Now, if, again, I just always say, if these terrorists were Muslim terrorists, if these terrorists were from Afghanistan, if these terrorists were black, do you think they would be allowed to go on house arrest after storming our capital, killing a capital police officer? I, I mean, it's just mind boggling to me, mind boggling to me. And we want to make excuses for people. You know, you want, oh, but when Black Lives Matter protests are in this country and we are protesting for the fair treatment of people of color, okay? We want to be treated equal. That's what we're protesting about. We're protesting about life or death. We're protesting about the police killing unarmed people of color at an alarming rate. And y'all want to get the National Guard out there. Y'all want to be treating us like animals. But here we are having these terrorists that I guess were of the right persuasion and color that they could just storm the Capitol, leave, go home, get organic food given to them, placed on house arrest. But yet the killers of Breonna Taylor don't get charged. Yet these police kill unarmed black children and men and women and they don't even prosecute them. It is baby. Baby. It's a lot. So that's how I feel about it. It's, it's, it's if we live in two different worlds and I for me, I see it. I just always am so confused that people that make excuses and don't want to see a baby call a thing a thing because that's that's step one as to how we start fixing the problem is calling a thing a thing, calling it for what it is, the unfair treatment of black and brown people. And and this is a perfect example of we see how they are being treated. We see how our court of laws are treating them as compared to our black and brown brothers and sisters who baby. But just end on that note, y'all. And just a reminder, if your pick didn't get picked this week, do not worry. Every Saturday on Bryce's Instagram and Twitter at Bryce Isaiah. That's B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Bryce posts the Purple Pants picks, and it's your chance as the listener to get your pick in. Tune in next week to see if your Purple Pants pick was picked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Advice with Bryce. Here we are once again, and we're going to get into this week's submission for Advice with Bryce. Hello, Bryce, and Happy New Year. I hope you continue to grow your audience in 2021 and you can finally leave your corporate job. I'm hoping you can give me some advice. I am a 50-year-old male that owns his home. I recently let my brother come and stay with me. He pays his rent on time and we get along well. But here's the issue. My brother is in a relationship and wants his girlfriend to spend the night over. I am not in in a relationship and I don't feel comfortable with someone of the opposite sex staying overnight. I haven't said anything yet because I wanted to hear your opinion. Any advice you can give me would be extremely helpful. Thank you, Derek. 
Thanks, Nasir. And hey, Derek, thanks for writing in for Advice with Bryce. So I've got some thoughts and opinions. I'm not sure if you are going to agree, but it is my job to, you know, give you my unfiltered truth and what I think about the situation. So I think that it's amazing that you are allowing your brother to stay in your home and he is paying rent. You said in the message that he pays his rent on time and that you guys get along fine. So, in my mind, he's a tenant. And if he is renting space in your home, I feel like he should be able to do with the space as he pleases with some parameters, I'll say. So, with him wanting his girlfriend to come over and spend the night, I don't necessarily see an issue with it. Um, I think that it is appropriate. Now... I could see if you are concerned that it will turn into a a situation where the girlfriend might be over all of the time, then that's a conversation that should be had. But I do think that it is only fair that he would be allowed to bring his girlfriend over to your home. You guys are both adults and I think that it should be a conversation. So I can understand your leniency with not wanting him to have his girlfriend over and in your home and in your space. But you you need to realize that when you opened your home up to your brother and he is paying rent, that it's not just your space anymore. It's his space. And I think that you guys should come to a common ground. Now, I will say this, that I know that you said in your message that you don't have a girlfriend and that you're not in a relationship. And I just wonder, could maybe the reason why you are uncomfortable with having his girlfriend over because it could make you uncomfortable in the sense that it might be a reminder that you're not in a relationship. And so I think that it's important to kind of check your feelings. Um, just know that this has nothing to do with your brother and everything to do with yourself. And it could be a good thing for you that maybe it really kind of illuminates the fact that you're not in a relationship. Maybe you want to be in a relationship and seeing that makes you almost jealous. And, and that's okay because that's a real feeling and a real emotion. And sometimes when we get those feelings and emotions, we, we don't listen to them. We put excuses on them and you know we the way that it is exhibited is that I don't want my brother to have a girl over like you know almost like almost like a hateration a little bit like I don't want no girl over my house so I think if you take a step back and think about it in the sense that well first of all think about what the real issue is because one Y'all, you're 50, so I'm assuming your brother, I'm not sure if he's older or younger, but so, yeah, like, you know, we're adults, you know, we know that people spend time with other people, we know that people, if they're in a relationship, they like to sleep in the same bed, they like to be around each other, so that, I mean, that's given, Um, and so really just thinking about and unpacking what, what, the girlfriend uh, like signifies, I'm saying signifies what the girlfriend amplifies in you. And so again, it could maybe highlight that you're not in a relationship and, and maybe making you feel some type of way. So I think that it's important for you to address those issues with yourself. And 
if you come to that conclusion, then maybe it's, well, what can I do to put myself out there to work on my situation? Again, taking everything away from your brother and really kind of putting everything back on you and working on yourself. Um, but given the situation at hand, I think that you should allow your brother to have his girlfriend over with limitations. And that's the conversation that you guys as brothers should have. And again, you open your house up to your brother. So it's you guys are sharing the house. And so it shouldn't just be your demands, even though it should be because it's your house, but be fair and open and have an open conversation with your brother about like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable a little bit, but I understand that that's your girl and I want to be open. So hear what he has to say and and maybe even sharing your feelings to your brother maybe could make him a little bit more sympathetic and maybe think twice about having his girlfriend over or it's just an organic conversation that you guys as brother can have with each other and figure out how you want to move forward but I, I definitely think you should allow your brother to have his female friend over he's paying rent you you guys have a great relationship and just talk about it maybe you guys can figure out when the best times that maybe when you're not home that he could bring his girlfriend over or something or you know the fact that it's not something that's constant that she's not staying more than four days or three like you know figure whatever that is out but also really figure out what it is about him having uh the girlfriend over that triggers something in you and this really could be eye-opening and beneficial for you for you to be able to kind of deal with some unpacking some stuff in you and that could really be good so I'm so glad that you were able to share that with me I hope that this advice with Bryce helps please DM me um, back uh, so we can I would love to kind of further talk about this and maybe unpack or just hear what your thoughts on it but I in my opinion I would be open to having my brother's girlfriend come over and again I, I even thinking about it in my life if you know I shared a home with my brother and his girlfriend came over and I'm single, you know, just the fact to know when they're in the room together would make me feel lonely. And I and really kind of like illuminate the fact that I'm not in a relationship. So I think, again, you just taking that and really applying it to yourself and really figuring out what makes you uncomfortable about the situation and then applying some action to that to maybe saying hey maybe I need to put myself out there maybe I need to do this maybe I need to do that so it really could be a life lesson for you and you could really get the most from it so I appreciate this advice of Bryce it was great I really hope that it helped and once again if you feel like you need advice with Bryce please do not hesitate to reach out to the Purple Pants Podcast you can contact Bryce at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com Booster free Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be We are on to this week's Freak of the Week, baby. But listen, if any of you guys watched my YouTube channel this week or last week at Bryce Isaiah, then it should be no surprise who the Freak of the Week is, baby. So I ain't even going to hold it. Listen, it's Aussie. Aussie lost, okay? If you don't know, last week I did a YouTube review of Aussie's Lust OnlyFans, baby. He let it all hang out. 
And so, I, you know, he couldn't be it last week because we had to give it to the good brother Eugene Goodman. But this week, we could give it to our Ozzy. Ozzy! Okay. Now, I was saying on the OnlyFans, you know, he ain't really showing a lot of action, not a lot of videos. And, baby, the DMs that I was getting that was saying, listen, Bryce, you got to watch Ozzy's pay-per-view. You got to go to the pay-per-view. Cost a little bit more, but they said in the pay-per-view, Ozzy is slinging the slang. I said, ooh, shalang. So, get this, I'm minding my business over the weekend, and my phone rings, and it's, you know, and it's Ozzy. I'm like, oh my God, it's Ozzy. I'm like, hello? He's like, hey, Bryce. I'm like, oh, he know my name. Hey, Ozzy. He's like, yeah, I see you reviewing the OnlyFans on the YouTube. I love it. I'm like, ah, Ozzy. He's like, no, seriously, I appreciate it. I'm just wanting to know, like, what, any feedbacks you can give me for my OnlyFans. Now, mind you, in my head, I'm like, bitch, Ozzy, you want feedback from me? So, in all honesty, I did give Ozzy some feedback. I said, I think your OnlyFans is great. I think it's classy. It shows enough. It shows whatever. But I said, baby, the fans, okay, and by the fans, I mean the gays, we want to see more videos. You know, that you don't have to be nasty videos, but make some more videos, Okay? And I'm like, Ozzy, just so you know, um, I'm sure women love you, uh, but just be very clear that I'm sure about 85% of them people that's watching them pay-per-view videos and your OnlyFans are men, probably gay men, so speak to the gay men. Not, you don't have to like speak to us, but I'm saying maybe show some content that they want to see. And he's like, you know, Bryce, that's like a really good, like, you know, I've never looked at it like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm just really fascinated uh, by the people that find me attractive. I, I love it. I'm like, well, baby, listen. Okay, you easy on the eyes, Ozzy. So he was really open to my ideas. And so I was just like, yes, how can I not love Ozzy Lust anymore? Then I pitched Ozzy another idea that I said, listen, Ozzy, you know me, you can make some content. We don't have to make no pay-per-view content, but we could, you know, take some risque photos and break the internet. And Ozzy thought it was a great idea. So listen, when this corona thing is over, baby, I'm on the first just smoking to L.A., baby, and I'm just getting me my photos with Ozzy. So yes, Ozzy is the freak of the week. Please go to that Twitter. Please go to that Instagram and let Ozzy know he is the freak of the week. And you will live for some Bryce and Ozzy content. Let him know you would live for some Bryce and Ozzy content. Let him know you would live. You would live. You would live for some Bryce and Ozzy content. Well, listen, if Ozzy lust is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much. Please make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Make sure you write a review. Write a review, please. And thank you. Give your baby boy some five stars. Put some structure in your life and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell Ozzy that Issa, Issa, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind, you better get
you trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants.